0: Welcome to this week's edition of the Huey Come Home podcast. Boy, oh boy, have we got a treat for you this week. Um, it is, look, it's a real privilege this week to interview um, Aaron Hardy, a young fella, a young man, a legend, a, um, a church minister, a social worker, teacher. Uh, Aaron is on the pastoral team of a church in Kirikiriroa in Hamilton. Um, who has a a, just a big heart, a powerful voice and an incredible heart for people and for this country. Um, And his story is just, uh, it's really cool and really important um, for people to hear at the moment. But part of the reason why I think it's important is because this guy is a young leader in the church, Pākehā Whāla, brought up in the church all of his life, has really been apprehended by God um, to pursue and understand and learn from Teo Māori, from the Māori world. And he has made some big big decisions and changes in his life to do that. Uh, He took a year out to study the language um, a couple of years back, so he's doing really well. But the other reason too is um, he is a worship leader. And Aaron has uh, just, yeah, a great, presence comes out uh, when the brother sings and it's a real privilege that I've been able to make music with him and uh, work with him on a project that uh, that his church which I'm a part of has been able uh, to to produce an album that's coming out in 2017 and the reason I want to say that too is because at the end of Aaron's podcast at the end of this um, session Uh, I've got permission to play you a little snippet. So if you listen all the way through to the end, um, I will play uh, one of the the songs that's been done on the album. So you'll be able to hear uh, 30 seconds or so of what you can expect to come out in January 2017. So without further ado, uh, this is me having a yarn with Aaron Hardy. Uh, Enjoy it, this will be our second to last one for the year. Uh, next week, uh, we will have an interview with um, Cindy Duaquiti coming up, which is pretty, which is a pretty cool interview actually. So I'm really looking forward to getting that out. But this week is the incredible, young, talented, big-hearted Mr. Aaron Hardy. So enjoy, go get that. ora Aaron. Kia ora, bro. How are you?
1: Pretty good. Pretty good.
0: Nice to have you here, bro. Um, uh, poor ko white bro, no white queer. H- um, why don't you, um, you know, give us a mihi? Tell us yeah, who you are.
1: Yeah, uh, Kumano Tiawa, uh, uh oh, yeah, Kumano Tiawa, no papayo, uh, um, Kondeva Tewaka, um, Kotifare te Karakia, Toku, um, Marai. Kotitirti, uh, e ah, um, uh, when did the Denver? the, where's the Denver from? The what? The Denver. Denver. Is that what you said, the Denver? Oh, Endeavour. Endeavour. Yeah, 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 Endeavour. Oh,
0: as in the Endeavour. Yeah. What?
1: Well, I don't actually know, bro, to be honest, but when we, I've, like, all the research that I've done, that's as close as I could get, Oh, fire out. Mm. As in Captain Cook's Endeavour. Captain Cook.
0: Bro, you're on the 50 cent piece, bro. (laughs) Oh, Truth <laughs> Famous Famous Man, you're blooming bockers on the 50 cent please bro I'm oh, like, no. oh, you're famous <laughs> Captain Cook What? Captain Cooking Yes Oh, awesome bro Well, look um, Aaron, it's great to have you along And great um, talking with you about uh, this stuff um, Bro um why don't you? I mean, tell us a bit about your life. You know where you grew up. Um, you know, cool. you know this. Yeah, tell us a bit about that.
1: So I, I grew up in Palmi, and um, I sort of grew up in the clutches of the church. The clutches, <laughs> 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 um, Right from day one, um, you know, being part of church, and you know, mum and dad led the church down there. CCC for. Um, most the biggest part of my life so yeah most of my upbringing was in a fairly um, white middle class sort of yeah. environment. I had an amazing upbringing actually just filled with amazing people and you know I grew up seeing incredible acts of generosity and kindness yeah. and miracles and wonders and yeah. yeah to the point that I so loved my house or my home that I remember being like 14. And wanting to go out and do what everyone else was doing. I was like, I'm going to get drunk. And I'm going <laughs> to do this stuff. So went out and and did all sorts of stupid stuff and then came back home. And I remember walking through the doors of my home and um, and just feeling like the feeling that was in that house was something I could never get from anywhere else from doing any of those things. And from um, that day, I never did it again. Wow. Because I was so convinced about, I guess, the presence of God to bring peace wow. and that I would never get any sense of that type of satisfaction from anything or anywhere else. So my whole upbringing has been filtered with a pretty incredible God experiences yeah. and like I um, it's pretty hard to kind of talk about my story and I and that without without that being the yeah, very okay. core part of that yeah, because okay. I guess that's what's shaped me yeah, okay. all the way even leading towards journey of biculturalism oh, okay. and all those types of things. So
0: how, you know, you, you're, you know you're a Pākehā follower, mm-hmm. um, but you have a love for Māori and the Māori mm. world. Like, how, how did that start
1: for you? Yeah. you know? I mean, when I was a little kid, like five or so, um, I asked my mum for some Lego, <laughs> and, but I didn't want the blocks, I just wanted people. Uh, and um <laughs> uh, okay <laughs> yeah and um as weird as that is the sort of the um it's sort of been a bit of reflective of my you know i love people yep. you know and i've always loved culture and i think that's definitely been something that's born in me um you know and i got i remember i got given this word when i was 15 by one of the few maori in our church and he gave me this um this whale bone um, tongue, and I, I think, I, I, can't, I don't have no idea where it is now.
0: What
1: but the heck? And he gave it to me and he said, oh, I just believed that you would, that you're gonna become a, um, a bridge between cultures and huh. I had no idea what it meant. And yeah. um, wow. And he was hearty, Māori as well, so, um, but I had no idea what that meant and I guess a, a, a long part of my journey has been trying to figure out what that looks like. Wow. And the more I engage with things Maori, the more I realise how much I'm not standing on that side, you know, <laughs> right. as well. So, um, yeah. yeah, just it's that. The same. Sort of, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah totally.
0: Mm. Oh gosh, um, don't know where that tooth is. Don't know no, where the tooth is. No, no oh, idea. Lord, bring that tooth back. Yeah. Far
1: yeah i was i'm pretty gutted now i just i guess i was just young and didn't really have any okay. idea and yeah, yeah. um but yeah i mean i
0: did did you how did, did you now it's my understanding and i don't i don't fully know but mm. back in the day your church back in palmy when you mm. were a kid it actually experienced some sort of yep. like i don't want to say i don't know what's called it maori awakening or yeah. a, a push into reconciliation yep. or stuff like that were you around during those
1: I mean, I was, but, you know, what, I was... It, what, did it mean anything to you then? Not, not then, not to me. I was pretty young. Well, I remember that we, uh, the church made an album, and in that it had Te Reo Māori as part of it, and I think, actually, that album was one of the first ones to ever have, like, haka in it as okay. well. Um, and that was a cross-church sort of uh, uh, album. A lot of people from around the city were involved, so it was quite a collaborative thing, which was quite cool. Um, yeah, OK. But all I knew is that, I knew that um, God had spoken to people about this whole thing of that New Zealand will never rise until Māori rise. Right. um, Those types of things. But I just, you know, from the conversation I have now, I guess no one really knew what to do with that Hmm. and what that meant, I guess, in the bigger part for dominant culture. And that's been the real, that's the real challenge, you know, of what what does that stuff mean. So. Mm.
0: Now, I mean, one of the things that I love about you and why I think your voice is important too is because you have have a passion for working cross-culturally, which is not just in New Zealand but overseas, Mm. and your experiences in Samoa, your experiences Mm. in Burundi, Mm. you know, in Africa, like, you have a personal drive to go and put yourself in locations... um, of need and mm. locations of help mm. but uh, so I, I, I you know i think that's played a part in your story but what like what has happened in the light of you do, going in and out of these mm. places and then having a having th- what you've experienced there blended in with the maori mm. world i guess like what ha- happened for you yeah. that actually created oh my goodness i this prophetic word when I was 15, whatever, but I need to move into this. Yeah, like what, totally. What's, how did that
1: happen? Yeah, I mean, I think the international stuff has been amazing because it's given me a context to make sense outside of New Zealand. Okay. So, you know, when we've talked about biculturalism and bicultural hope, and the, the, I guess the most misleading thing about those terms is that it's about two people. But the, the real ramifications of some sort of biculturalism is that that will lead to multiculturalism. And the real hope behind any right. of those things is that people would be what they're meant to be, right. that we wouldn't be um, replicas of that which we're not meant to replicate. And so I um, nice. I guess my one of the big concepts was being in Africa and walking into church, you know, 10,000 people. <laughs> it's massive. 10,000? Yeah, it's a huge church <laughs> and, um, and people start singing and one of the first songs that they sang was like this translated version of Hillsong and everyone's in suits and ties. And, you know, it's funny, you know, they start singing shouts to the Lord in their own tongue. And they even like dancing like white people, like it's like this two-step side to side. And I was just thinking, oh my gosh, I've just traveled all the way around the world and I, what am I seeing? It just didn't make any sense to me. So in the middle of that set, though, one guy came out and he just started to sing, Na Numwe, Na Numwe, And then the whole atmosphere just changed. Like people oh. just went nuts. There's like booty shaking everywhere. And you know, all of a sudden they were then. You know, the drum, the whole rhythm of the drum changed. And and I just remember that moment being like as an eighteen year old being really captivated by that that one moment, just thinking you know, everything, this is, theirs. this is theirs, you know, this is what they were meant to, this is what they're meant to sound like, and right. I, I went, I returned there about three or four years later, and I was in Congo, and I had this dream, well not in Congo, I was just on the edge of, of Burundi and Congo, and I was looking at the Congolese mountains, and I had this dream, and I saw uh, myself pushing this young boy, his name was Enoch, up, up the hill and my eyes were fixed on the ground but he was in front of me and I was saying go 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 and God spoke to me out of that dream and basically the idea that you know that I guess my role and maybe the role of every mission or attempt ever is not to be in the front and dragging people with us but be behind people and pushing them and going you do it your way you I'll I'll have my eyes fixed on the land where we are so that'll keep me in check and that'll keep me reminded that it's not about what I can offer you, but it's about how I can serve you and see so you wow. become what you're meant to become. And and I, that right. stuff wouldn't have made sense without the who you come home story and the who you come home dream. and Just the idea that we become more, not less. Right. And we only become more through dying to some of those things right. that we have to die to. And yeah, so that's been far been it, man, that. That's good material.
0: So, mm. what I mean, you didn't, you weren't aware of the where you're coming from mm. at that point, nah, though. So, nah. wh- when did that come at like, and what happened when you yeah. first heard of, of that this kōrero?
1: So, uh, in the island. <laughs> on the island, <laughs> on the island with all you lot, oh, on the barrier, in the barrier. Oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah. And um, <laughs> to be honest, I always get confused about what where it is. Yeah. Like, every time that I just say the island, I'm like, from this um, island, this place, and um, but I remember hearing the dream, and it was like years of journey, and you know, even my heart for um, people in New Zealand and people that didn't look like me as well. Everything just went click, and I I don't even know how to explain it other than it would be probably other than my decision. Walking with Jesus, the most life-defining moment I've ever had, because it gave language to my inward uh, orientation. Right, maybe you know, right. and um, so just hearing, I guess, the dream, and I walked away actually with heaps of pain. Um, you know, oh. hearing hearing the Maori um, story and just stuff I I hadn't known, and you know, feeling deep. I guess sorrow, right. you know, and sadness right. about what had happened and what people were walking through. And just knowing, even in my spirit, that that pain, it wasn't gone just because it was in the past, that it was right. still very much alive right. in people. So I went... We're talking about the history of the land and the treaty, yeah.
0: and Christianity's role and post-treaty stuff, so just yeah. Minutes, yeah, yeah, sorry. No, I'm good.
1: Um, and so I guess just hearing that, I went home with one major thought, which was what does it look like? And, and I... That was probably the best question I could have asked because it changed everything. Um, for our church community, you know, we, we planted a church in Hamilton and we ended up with a whole bunch of Maori, young Maori, and, yeah. um, and this other sort of white middle-class um, grouping of people. And I just began to ask this question, what should this look like? What, what do we become? How do we make sure that we're not singing translated versions of Shout to the Lord? You know in our in our context how do we right. what is the sound of here what should church in New Zealand what should we as Kiwis look like <laughs> and so the journey began and yeah
0: and what have you I mean when you started that journey as far as expressing mm. you know that in church like was was it good was it bad was it easy <laughs> was it hard like what <laughs> so, some stories like,
1: well, I guess one of the the main things that happened after that, who you come home dream, I did a year of full immersion to del Māori the year after, which was helpful because it meant that a whole I could, year, a whole year, Hard yeah. Out. I'm gonna do another one as well, so so, so I can get to the point where it's riding the bike. Um, but we, yeah, I guess we um, sort of started to do stuff where I would do some sort of whakatau, Um but I was hack as and. <laughs> you know, pretty average and we started singing a few songs and you know, Waidua Tapu and yeah. and then yeah. we started talking about these things and ideas and I still remember some of the early reactions. It was just so bizarre. <laughs> like a, what? Was the, my favorite one is someone came up to me and said, you know, are we becoming a Maori church? <laughs> now surprisingly those people didn't stay around. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> <laughs> But I said to oh, them... Lord bless them. Lord bless them, Jeez. Māori order. Uh-huh. I said to them, I said, um, well, <laughs> if we're not a Māori church now, what are we? And is that better? And there was just this really long, awkward silence <laughs> and a gradual, oh, well, have a, have a good weekend. And <laughs> um, but, you know, so we, we had all sorts of things like, the people don't want this, we don't need this stuff, and... The amazingly aggressive responses in people when we started to explore culture and what it means to be here. Okay. Yeah, it's crazy. Here is an Aotearoa. Here is an Aotearoa. Yeah. Okay. What it means to be a partner of the treaty and yeah, the okay. opportunity that that is. Not just like, because one of the, the, the bizarre yeah, things no, for least, me was always least. the thought of people will get really angry and want to rip my head off about stuff. <laughs> And partly because I didn't do things the right way heaps of the time early on. You know, I was just passionate. I wanted to get the stuff done and I probably offended heaps of people along the way. (laughs) I'm semi-not upset about that because I think it helped us cross the line as well with stuff and go, okay, we're going to do this. Um, But the, the amazing thing for me was just always people's reaction towards something that I just knew with all my heart. That it would make them more of who they were called to be, right and even though they couldn't see it they now. couldn't see it, you know, even but they're I, offended by yeah, it yeah, but I just right. knew that if but if they could get past it, and maybe as our language grew to be more winsome and and just to have more language around what this actually meant, um, that I knew that they would become a fuller version of themselves. I remember I spoke at one church in cup and this old old lady, she would have been eighty or something, and she was a Pākehā lady, and she came up and she said, now I wanna go on this bicultural journey, but I'm afraid that I might lose myself. And I said to her, I said, you know what? It's like this, so if your life was a portrait, you've only ever seen half of that portrait that's been painted. Right. And you've always thought that that's the full picture. Right. But when you go on this journey, you're gonna realize that there's a whole nother part of you that, hit, that you're yet to see, that wow. was part of that portrait.
0: Wow.
1: And just the deep belief that we become so much more, you know, and we help other people become more when we understand biculturalism, yeah. where we are, the story of the land beneath our feet, and what it means to be a Kiwi. And that's the real conversation. Oh,
0: so tell us about that. What is that you know, what does what does that mean to you?
1: Yeah, I mean, for me it's really clear, you know, I I I, I would stand fairly firm in that my my place here is as as through As as, as Tiriti and I'm really comfortable in that. You know, I believe. Right. What does that mean? So Tiriti, a person that belongs because of the treaty, because of that invitation. Okay. So I primarily belong because of that document, which, and because of that, that I guess the porphyry of that document, the welcome, in then Mm -hmm. um, my place can be alongside that of tangata whenua. But I still remember why I have that place in the first place. So for me to be a New Zealander is to honor that document by being engaged with the Maori world. So as a Pākehā person, the invitation of, you know, when the gospel first came and they did the hakoia, ka nukunukia, ka nukunukia, you know, I make room Mm -hmm. for you I'm Māori saying that, we make room for the message for who you are, your ways, and all those types of things. I, I still believe in that invitation, and yeah, right. in that right. when Pākehā came, we didn't take the invitation, we took the land. Right. And, but the real invitation was to, to partner, to journey, to hear, and to listen and learn tikanga and worldview and all those types of things. And so I guess for me, the, re, the real truth out of that is that I believe that to be a Kiwi, means to be deeply engaged in the Māori world in whatever way, whether that's te reo, whether that's te ao Māori, whether that's yeah, tikanga, whatever it is, but the belief that to be from here yeah. and to belong here yeah. means to be engaged with that which has always been here before
0: yeah, okay. us. Yeah, nice. Yeah. nice said. So you mentioned some things before about people when they are confronted with this, mm. they get offended or, mm. or whatever the response is. What are you, what do you think? What do you think as for Pākehā What are some of the m- maybe the major offences that yeah. you see? And then what are some of the ways that you think is best for Pākehā to to go forward. To, corris- mm. you know, to respond to that yeah. within within them?
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess I could be perceived as being controversial at times, saying things <laughs> like Pakia aren't. Tangata whenua, their tongue and fertility. And I don't mean it to be offensive. I, actually, right. I mean it to be something that would help give people place. Okay. Um, but probably I don't tend to say that stuff too much anymore at all because it gets fairly misread. <laughs> um, but I would say that some of the main stuff that people get offended about, they're not really sure of, right. to be okay. honest. So mm. they're more offended about all of it right <laughs> you know, so right, okay so like I'm angry I'm not sure why I'm angry okay. but I'm angry and um, part of it is a generational thing because I know that from speaking with young adults and sort of my age bracket and down there's a real e- an easiness in the understanding like a quickness to go oh yeah that, that actually makes sense but for I guess what it does the message of biculturalism and Maori value, not, not just Māori value but Māori place, you know, what that place should look like here, it makes people uncomfortable because it probably uncovers the long bedded insecurity of where do I fit here, yeah. Yeah. you know, where either I well, don't care about the past because it makes me worried about who I am and how I belong here and I don't want to feel guilty that I'm in New Zealand and. Yeah. So a lot of the time when sharing story people say well we don't want people to walk away feeling guilty and I'm like no we don't but we do want people to walk away feeling pain and I think people often get the two confused okay. so they hear the story about history and all those types of things about maybe present prejudice and racism and whatever it is and the response to that pain is guilt right. which produces yeah. anger okay. you know, but okay. we do want people to feel pain like Because I felt pain, I understood something of a a micro-fraction of what the story meant and means. Um, And so I think... So what do you do with it? I mean, it can only be done through um, relationship to me, but providing context where people can ask all of the questions without feeling racist is probably actually a really good thing, (laughs) you know? So I've been at places where people have asked some real (laughs) hilarious questions um, about... This stuff, And, you know, I, I talked the other day about just what could we become as New Zealand if we understood this stuff and we pursued it. And this lady came up to me and she said, yeah, you know, you're so right because I, um, you know, I've been thinking about um, how many Maoris I see in, in trouble and, all oh. that, and we need to change that. So, you know, <laughs> even that just... <laughs> not quite understanding yeah, yeah, yeah. what, yeah. that is not at all what I'm trying to yeah, say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. The big challenge for... It's
0: amazing how people, that's the only paradigm yeah, they yeah, see. Yeah,
1: oh. Totally. Yeah. I, I said to someone the other day, I said, you know, it'd be like this. If New, Ze- if New Zealand was we were at, uh, the Maasai tribe from Kenya, they decide, they invade New Zealand, they take over, and now we all live like Maasai. Let's just see how well we do at that. (laughs) Um, But just even, um, I I think just having those funny little conversations actually are quite disarming for people. Like, you know, um, just understanding the story of where we are and that actually, you know, the Maori world will lead us out of individualism, I think, and maybe even towards biblical truth and biblical community. Okay, and that's that's the hope as
0: well. So yes, so let me let's talk about your your let's talk more about your hope and in, in this. Like, mm. what do, like, you know, you've obviously been ignited with something. Mm. You your your life is clearly caught up in this copopas. So, mm. to the best of your ability, like, where are you going with this? Yeah. What, what do you want to see?
1: I mean, I. My, my my real prayer is, is bigger than New Zealand my prayer is that there'll be such a number of people that would understand this to the point where Christianity would no longer colonise people and right. say to be a follower of Jesus it means you have to look like me that we would provide pathways for people to be exactly what they're meant to be so that Samoans are fully Samoan right. and not reflective of a religious pastime that was not their own right. and same as Africans and Asians and my desire is that New Zealand would own something of our story, of our bicultural hope, of our um, yeah, just of our past in a way that would allow us to help the world be what they meant what it's meant to be. Yeah, okay. yeah, And cultures be what they're meant to be. And okay. that's that's my deep desire. Yeah. Mm. Ah,
0: Kilda, ora, kia ora. Um, <coughs> so <coughs> I forget what year it was. Must have been January two thousand and ten was it? Was it when the Sojourn yeah. the gathering was it yeah. two thousand and ten? Right. Yeah. So I remember you and Michelle, Hami and Cindy, and it was Te Waka and mm. and then eventually I showed up and Brad, was sitting around a table and mm. you were translating, the song H S Welcome that <laughs> uh, Edge Kingsland had just put out, and um. You know, you it, you know, there's a little translation into Tureo, and then you know that song "Why Do a Tapu" was yeah, gone is, everywhere. It's gone, it's <laughs> gone everywhere. You know, a little, little, little tune that you know, Nick and Luke, mm-hmm. our brothers, penned, and then you know, translated today, It's now gone a lot of places. But <clears throat> um, talk to me about music, man. Like, what's your um. You are uh, clearly, as in your little African chart before, you're clearly a singer. <laughs> uh, you love music. Um, you and you're just about, you know, I- I'm privileged to be a part of mm. an album that our church is about to put out here in Kirikiriro. Mm. But tell us about the album, man, and tell us about music for you. Tell us about and yeah. t- tell us about music in Waito, and, and mm. uh, you know, your understanding of Maori music. And, yeah. You know, tell us some stories around there.
1: Well, I remember... Um, this Kaumatoa talking to me about music, and he he said that in the Māori world, every sound tells a story. And so the real challenge of songwriters was to make melodies that tell the same story as the lyric. And so that's always been a real good journey, um, is figuring out. And I guess that's why lots of songs I've written have died, because they didn't tell the same story. And maybe the ones that lived have but music for me was one yeah. of the main ways that I could explore biculturalism, okay. I guess, and help, because the biggest thing with biculturalism was that if people could feel something, they could feel what was going on, then they would be changed. You know, it was, it was always more than just a, a logical conversation. It was a co-order. Um, you know, uh, like every uh, part of your well-being uh, was affe- is affected. Uh, and um, so we've started to write music a long, long time ago, some of it so bad, <laughs> <laughs> most of it so bad, actually. Um, you know, I, I think the first, first song we did um, was... Mōtō Spirit come and we did that, and it went real well. Like, you know, people were engaged, and all of a sudden, um, yeah, I guess that that was my way of doing hands and feet, of, you know, the huia come home yeah, stuff. Okay. That was one of the ways for me, which I knew that I could help bridge the gap and help, I guess, my people to cross, start making footsteps towards the other side of the bridge. And um, so music has been just incredible, and integral part of that everything from learning from Cindy to Itty and being part mm. of her journey yeah and just her incredible courage with you know and quite fierce opposition at times as well was always really inspiring for me and then with edge and what the, what they did with um, Nick just a huge encouragement just saying like come on you need to be writing yeah. stuff and just the belief that New Zealand had something to say yeah um, and so here we are, I guess, all these years yeah. later at the point of making music and, you know, I write, I write music that is, is what it is. It'll appeal yeah. to some and it won't to others. Yeah. And, you know, some Māori will like it and some won't. Some Pākehā will like it and some won't. And, yeah. But what I have loved about our journey is that in our midst, other people have written songs that I know that like Māori will love. Yeah. And right. I know that right. Parkia will love, right. you know, and right. so um, I guess just continually exploring the conversation around what it means to be here from a musical context Thank has you. always been something that really inspired yeah, me yeah, because yeah. it was at reach. And I guess in our church community, lots of people have asked that, what's at reach for me? You know, so some people have explored that through the context of school and Okay. Um, other people right. whatever yeah, it is in their work. Yeah, yeah whatever right. it's been in like their work or yeah. we're gonna pronounce everything properly in our workspace or okay. and that was my at outreach thing. So Ah yeah, classic.
0: Do you you know, there's some songs you have written in Maori. Mm. Do you how do they come about? Do you just hear do you hear yeah. them in your head? Do you, do you a phrase and you just work with that phrase how do you create them
1: well I was always conscious that I don't have a in mind and right. I will never have that you know I mean I, I can work towards having a bicultural thought and bicultural thinking um, but the conversations I had with um, uh, Shadrach and Leon Rolleston okay. right. really actually really affected the way I thought about writing because at the moment, where my ideal's is at, anyway, it's not good enough for me to sit down and write into deal because um, it would just end up being what I'm thinking in in Pakia okay. In Maori. Okay. Fine. And so I didn't want to do that. So my thought process was instead of going because if if I did that, then whatever I'm thinking about in Pakia is from that worldview, right. and that doesn't make sense to put to just translate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. yeah, and right. so. What I did do is I looked at phrases and, so for example, one of the songs, Tūhia. It was a beautiful thought that I would have never thought about. You know, so write it in the sky, write it in the land, write it in the hearts of people. There is but one love, right. you know. Tihei mauri ora. So, uh, you know, just thinking that way yeah. helped me go, Okay, so now that I understand even probably even a fraction of what that Tau Parapara was trying to say, I can now add even my thoughts to yeah, that, okay. and, and so even my songs are a bit of a collision of that yeah, which okay. is old and that which is new. Yeah, cool. Um, because that's what them, that's what it. that was what what was at reach. So yeah, okay. I um I looked for what was at reach and um and tried to challenge myself, but I didn't want to pretend like I had something that I did not, you know, and which was. You know, the, I I can't remember what the fucker Toki is, but there's this one that was like to to be Maori or to th- to think Maori is to quote it or Maori, you know, and that the language goes hand in hand with understanding okay. the okay. Maori worldview, and I just believed that until yeah. Yeah. I had that place, and maybe even when I win, yeah. I get to the point where I'm fluent as, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um, even then I wonder if I'd still be hesitant, you know, right. I'd still look for the collaboration, right. of the old yeah. and new.
0: Do you have, um, do you, like, do you run your songs by Māori? Or
1: Yeah, yeah, you, I do. Yeah, you do? Yeah. So, um, if I ever do Māori stuff or Māori songs, I always show, there's a few people in church, um, Lisha Rolleston, Ritani Wadahi and, um, Kahurangi Hita are the main ones that I would mm. talk to. Right. Around that stuff, um and just go, hey, this is what I'm thinking, or... Yeah, cool, bro. But my probably role in recent days has been probably more going, what's in you? <laughs> yeah. Can we make music yeah. to what's in you? Yeah, okay. And so I find it heaps easier to make melodies than lyric. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just exploring that that partnership with people has been a great one. So...
0: Um... <laughs> Do you like your album? you, you like the album that we Are you liking
1: it? Yeah, what a question. Yeah. You know what, bro, like I... When you um, go, this sucks. Yeah, what a waste of flipping money. We are rubbish. Um, you know what, I feel so immensely proud of it, to be honest. Awesome, because, bro. Because um, I feel like we, we were true to ourselves and that's all I cared about. I don't care if, I, don't, I actually don't care if millions of people listen to it or if five people listen to it. I just wanted yeah. to walk out feeling like we were true. And someone asked me, you know, who's the album for? And I said, whoever, <laughs> you know, I'm not writing it for, <laughs> I, you know, I said, I'm not writing it for anyone. I didn't write it for Pakia. I didn't write it for Māori. Right. Well, we didn't write it right. for Pakia, We didn't write it for Māori. We, we wrote it as an expression of our journey. Yeah, okay. Oh and, beautiful. And that was the beautiful that was the bigger picture. So yeah. So
0: the name of the band is the name of <laughs> our church?
1: Yep, so it's gonna be called Link. And the name of the album? Chakaha. Ooh Jakaha. Chakaha. Yeah.
0: It's a song that's been sung in Easter camps, Easter camps around the country. Yes. When I was a part of Edge Kingsland, we, uh, <laughs> we, we did it at a conference in Australia once, and people were like, man, when are you putting out that <laughs> song? And we're like, uh, it's actually not our song, mm. it's uh, mm. this fellow's song. So.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I heard it as well, that, um, uh, you know, it's in this guy from Australia, and his album with this, his son is singing, what? And then it starts into a song. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. So, okay, so... Oh, f- whoa. Was that... I might hit up his four-year-old yeah. son. <laughs> <laughs> Copyright, uh, infringement. Uh, Frenchman.
0: No. Look, uh, I mean, I know I'm... Uh, I mean, I'm playing on the album, mm. but, um, you know, I, I've talked with several of our friends who have been in this for a long time, and there is something, there's something special on mm. this album. As an artist, you always hear the stuff that you don't like, so you mm-hmm. go, you know, you have your little yeah, tweaks. Yeah, oh totally. you know, we change that or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But in the case of you know this album Kia Kaha, there is definitely something special about it, bro. Yeah. And you know what you have fought for, you know, belief for mm. since you were fifteen mm. and. This is your moment, bro. Mm. You're presenting your heart in a big mm. way to yeah. um, to the world, and I'm. It's an honour for me to be a part of it, bro. Mm. Uh, so look, keep your eye out for the album Kirkar, It'll be out late January 2017. Mm. Um, it's going to be doozy. Link is playing at uh, Festival One as well, yeah. Saturday so, night. Saturday night. So come and check that set out as well. But um, look, you can get a hold of uh, what aaron is doing through his the work of his church i guess there's a website link. yep
1: link citychurch.org.nz
0: cool um, and there'll be i guess there'll be info to the music side yeah, of bro. the journey about that yep. um so yeah he is um he is available to come and lead worship at your johahi uh, <laughs> your your um your Hui, uh, your conferences that you run so look um yeah, and I'll come too And I'll have a book out Yeah, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> nah, yes Anyway <laughs> Dreams are free Anyway, um, kia ora Aaron Motokorero um, It's uh, awesome to be on this journey with you bro mm. So um, Nā mihi
1: nui kia mm. Kia ora me home You're now, my keep it keep